Welcome to another episode of Open Doors, Conversations with Heart of the Father. I'm your host, Jacqueline Harper. Open Doors is a conversation about inviting God's love, presence, and power into our hearts. We are friends and teammates from Heart of the Father Ministries who share in the mission of setting captive hearts free through Unbound Ministry. We're so glad you could join us. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jen Lozano, your host for this week's episode. And today I am joined by my mother-in-law, Janet. Not Jen, Janet. I know people get us confused all the time. I'm Jen. You'll hear from Janet today as well. I know it's confusing. But today we'd like to invite you on a bit of a Lenten journey with us here at Heart of the Father Ministries. Janet and I will be sharing and reflecting on the gospel reading from our church this past Sunday, which was the transfiguration of Jesus. But before we dive in, let me just say, welcome, Mom. Thanks. It's good to be here with you, Jen. You too. I know we both enjoyed taking a deep dive into this scripture, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts. But before we start, is is there anything, we're at the beginning of Lent right now, is there anything that you're looking forward to this Lent or asking the Lord for this Lent? Yeah, I think as Lent is beginning, the few weeks before have been a really busy time for me. And You know, sometimes when we get really busy, um, there's less time for quiet and for being with the Lord. And I really sense the Lord just calling me to more time with Him. And doing this, reflecting on this scripture, just really helped me do that in the past few days. So I'm looking forward to more of that, setting aside time just to listen to Mm. the Lord. So good. It's funny, I'm kind of having the same experience as you, I think a couple weeks ago, I was talking to Matt and I was like, Lent's coming. What are we going to do? You know, (laughs) like a little bit of a pressure. And he said something. He said, I really want to do something that's going to draw me closer to the Lord. Like, I think we, you know, sometimes we go into Lent thinking like, what can I give up for the Lord this, this Lent? And, and he said, what's going to draw me closer to him? And our pastor said the exact same words this past Sunday at mass. And I've been feeling that tug, like, I mean, sometimes it's important to give up. And of course, we're called to fast during Lent. But I feel like I've been experiencing that tug on my heart, like, Lord, I want to be drawn closer to you. And what is going to do that? And so, yeah, I know Jana and I just both got uh, drawn in a little bit by this scripture. So why don't I open us up by reading the scripture? It's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verse 1 through 9. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, And led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, 
Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The transfiguration. So there's several people up on that mountain. There's Jesus, and there's Peter, James, and John, the disciples who were Jesus' inner circle up there with him. And then there was Moses and Elijah. So I spent some time just contemplating, like, what was the meaning of the transfiguration for Jesus? What was it for his disciples? And why were Moses and Elijah there? (laughs) (laughs) So the beginning of, of the story starts with Jesus taking Peter, James, and John high up on that mountain. These were the same three disciples who were going to be with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, on another mountain, on the Mount of Olives. Mm. So why did did they go up the mountain? And Luke's gospel says that Jesus went to pray. And so he brought his inner circle because he was going up to pray. He wanted to seek direction from the Father. He needed to make sure that what he was doing was God's will. Jesus was always looking to do what the Father had for him to do. And so he was going up to this mountain. It was a preparation for him. And he was going to be sure that what he was doing, how he was being led, really was the Father's will and the Father's plan for him. And so he was transfigured. He was glorified. His glory was displayed. There was so much light that his face shone like the sun. I I just try to imagine that, you know, we cannot look at the sun with our bare eyes. So Mm. just imagining him shining that brightly with light. So I thought of what is, what was it like to imagine Jesus in the fullness of his glory, the fullness of his power, his beauty? I imagined just looking at his face and seeing the fullness of his compassion and the fire of his love in his eyes. What an incredible moment that must have been. No wonder Peter wanted to set up a couple of tents and just <laughs> hang out there, you know, right. like, could we just do this for, for the rest of our lives? And then Moses and Elijah appear. And again, I, w- I just reflected on why Moses and Elijah? Well, both Moses and Elijah had powerful experiences of God on a mountaintop. That's where Moses received the tablets of the law, and Elijah found God. He was seeking God, and he found him on the mountaintop, not in a thunderstorm, not in a strong wind, but in a still, small voice. It was Jewish belief that Elijah was the forerunner of the Messiah, and some Jewish teachers believed that Moses would accompany the Messiah when he came. And in the Gospel of Luke, with the Transfiguration, it says that Moses and Elijah were talking with Jesus. They were talking about his departure. And the word that's used for departure is exodus. Hmm. And so Jesus was going on a journey to Jerusalem. And so Moses and Elijah were talking to him about that journey. 
The two men were the peak of Israel's religious history, and in them, history pointed Jesus to his path as the Messiah. So then the bright cloud comes and envelops them, and the cloud stood for the Shekinah, the nothing less than the glory of the Almighty God, and the voice of God came. He was telling Jesus that he was on the right path. This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. These were words of blessing and affirmation for Jesus. At his baptism, there were similar words. They were spoken for the mission that he was about to go on to preach about the kingdom of God. And now Jesus is once again being affirmed in his mission, what he is about to do to suffer and die. I just thought so much about how much Jesus must have needed and cherished those words from his father. You are on the right path. Yes, this is my plan for you. I imagine Jesus recalling those words as he was scourged, as he carried the cross, and as the nails were driven into his hands. How he must have needed to go back to those words and hear his Father speaking to his heart. So the transfiguration, cloud of glory, the Father's words were for Jesus to encourage him, to strengthen him for his journey to Jerusalem. And they were also for the disciples who were there with him the ones that Jesus had brought up the mountain, his inner circle. Jen, did you have some reflections on those disciples and what this experience must have meant for them? Yeah, and I feel like you set me up so well, Mom. I I had some similar thoughts (laughs) about what God did up on this mountain. But what I started with after reading the Transfiguration is I looked at the scripture right before the Transfiguration. And in the scripture leading up to the Transfiguration, There is a strong rebuke (laughs) given to Peter by Jesus after Jesus predicts his own death. Do you remember that? Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) And so I, um, you looked at it from the perspective of Jesus and I really put myself in the disciples shoes. And so I'm imagining, you know, in that moment, not only does Jesus rebuke Peter, but he ties the disciples to his own death saying they must deny themselves and take up their crosses. He also talks about the loss of their own lives. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. And so I I put myself in the disciples' shoes and I'm thinking like, what can you imagine what they were experiencing as they walked up the mountain with Jesus? Like, here's this guy that I've given up everything for. I'm following him. And now he's telling me he's going to die? Like, wait, what are you doing, God? And I can just imagine the tenderness and the woundedness that they were walking with in that moment, heading up the mountain. They're pondering not just the loss and shame of the Messiah's death. He was coming to save them, to bring them victory. But now he's mentioning their own death and loss and their own cross. But (laughs) as we all know, God's always whispering to us. He's always sending us reminders of his love, his proximity, and his promises. And he does this as he invites the disciples up on the mountain that day with him. And I don't do this enough, but as I put myself in the disciples' shoes, as I was preparing for the podcast, I I just thought, what would it have been like to experience the transfiguration 
as a young Jewish man? You know, what, what did it look like from, from their perspective and through their eyes? I know a couple of times recently we've talked about the chosen on this podcast and just like, what was it like to, to be them and to have this experience on the mountain with Jesus? So as you mentioned, mom, first Moses and Elijah show up. And as you said, they're two great leaders in Jewish history. And I'm just thinking like, God's got their attention. First of all, these guys show up out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, they just kind of what's what's the opposite of evaporate? <laughs> they just show up out of nowhere. Appear. Appear. They just appear. <laughs> and not only did Moses and Elijah, as you said, have their own mountaintop experience, but they were also pointed to as prophetic predecessors to Jesus. So this would have also to the disciples affirmed that they they did have the right guy. <laughs> Jesus was their guy. You know, these Moses and Elijah are pointing to the Messiah. They're leading up to the Messiah. And so what a reminder and affirmation for the disciples and how God grabbed their attention in that moment, you know, as Moses and Elijah showed up. I was also reminded of the ironic blessing that these men would have been so familiar with. And that's in number six, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Hmm. And here's Jesus standing right in front of them with the physical manifestation of God's blessing and promise. Like Jesus's face is literally shining in front of them. Like that just blows my mind. Like I know I've shared before, but you know, we pray that blessing of our kids every night before bed, but to like have that physical manifestation in front of my eyes, I just can't even imagine what that must've been like. And for them to know, like, God's promise is coming true. He said that he would make his face shine upon us. And here it is. Finally, as you mentioned, mom, they're covered by a bright cloud. (laughs) And as a Jewish man, they would remember the significance of the cloud, of God's glory, his presence resting upon his people. And this struck me. The Israelites were led in the desert by the cloud of his glory. And in fact, in Exodus 40, verse 38, it says, So the cloud of the Lord was was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all of their travels. And it just made me think the glory and the transfiguration, the cloud and the transfiguration was going to lead the disciples. One of the commentaries I read in preparing for today suggested that the glory helped the disciples to see. It gave them a glimmer of hope. Mm -hmm. There would be triumph over humiliation. (laughs) They could lift their eyes off of the dismay and the wounds and the tenderness they had experienced just previous to this trip. And this glory It not only just led the Israelites, but this glory would lead them in the trip to Jerusalem, even unto Jesus's death. And mom, you use the word there, exodus. So God's glory led the Israelites in their exodus, and it would lead the disciples to help Jesus on his exodus. The words this one commentator used just jumped out at me. Glory was the very atmosphere of this exodus. And I love the idea. There was a shift in the atmosphere that had a cloud covered them and, and it changed them. And my, my final thought was that not only would it lead them, but it gave them what they needed 
to come down off the mountain. <laughs> you know, the next step was coming down off the mountain. So in so many ways, God met with Jesus on the mountain, but he also gave the disciples what they needed on that mountain for this journey. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about this scripture, just as I've been reflecting on it over the last few days, but I'm just in awe of God's love and his presence to his people time and time again. And isn't that what God does for us too? (laughs) We experience him, we hear his voice, and we're touched by his love, and it leads us and gives us strength for the next thing. Mom, is there any way that this scripture spoke to you and just touched your heart in a special way? Yeah. First, one of the commentaries that I read preparing for this said, Jesus displayed his glory for the sake of Peter, James, and John in a way that served to deepen their understanding of his identity and mission at this crucial juncture. And it just it just made me think about how Jesus was going to suffer and to die, and the disciples were going to, to experience that with him. And so displaying his glory for them is what was like giving them a picture, a picture of the glory, a picture of Jesus as they were going to see him again, you Mm -hmm. know, after Mm -hmm. his resurrection, a picture for them to hold as they were also standing, looking at him carrying that cross and suffering and dying. And so that made the passage significant for me as well, you know, that Jesus gives us glimpses of himself and his glory, not like the transfiguration, but just in those, there are those moments where you just get those glimpses of who he is. Hmm. And it helps you in those times where you're going through struggle or suffering to know that there is the glorified Jesus behind it all. That's that's going to be my strength. That is going to show me the way. That's going to lift me up through it. Yeah. So that that was one thing. And also, I realized the scripture passage was written sort of to the disciples and to us. Hmm. And the Father blesses Jesus, but at the end of it, what does he say? Listen to him. Mm-hmm. That is God's instruction for us. So again, how do I listen? You know, I feel like the, the transfiguration is Jesus' example to us of how to listen to him, draw away pray, grow close to him, and ask for the Father's will, just the way that Jesus did. Ask for the Father's will, not my own will, (laughs) when Mm -hmm. I'm praying. Ask for what the Father wants. So good. I also can't help but think about how in Unbound Ministry, we're always meeting with people who are longing for that blessing of the Heavenly Father, that blessing that the Father spoke over Jesus the blessing that he has for each one of us. It makes me realize how much we need it for our journey in life and how many of us have not fully received it. Mm. If Jesus needed it, so do I. And it's such a moment of joy in ministry when the blessing is spoken and fully received. And I don't ever want to miss that opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit to impart that blessing over someone and to just to see someone receive God's words of affirmation over their life. 
I love it. Yeah. Amen. So good. It's so life-giving. I, yeah, I feel like when I was preparing for this podcast and just meditating on the scripture, I felt like the Lord brought me up to the mountain with them, you know, and I just experienced his presence and his glory, you know, in just a real intimate way. And I just was really thinking about his presence and how he gifts us with it. And I like what you said about receiving his blessing that we have in Jesus from the Father. And one thing I was thinking about, I was listening to this song, I think I was driving in my car, and I can have Jacqueline post this in the show notes, but it's called Home by Jeremy Riddle. And he's it's a worship song. He's singing about home and how we're being called home, but Jesus is our home. And it makes me think of the blessing because it's like when we receive that blessing, it's like we've come home, you know, we've come home to the Father. And that's what I experienced reading this scripture is like I was I was at home. When we're in his presence, we're at home with him. And it makes me think of the quote, I think it's from St. Augustine, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And just reading the scripture and just pondering what it was like to be in the glory. It must have felt like being home and resting and receiving the blessing. It was just so beautiful. Another thought I had, this is sort of off topic, but I was, you know, in the midst of talking about God's glory, his Shekinah glory, I was also struck by the humanity in this this passage. One, you pointed out, Mom, just how Jesus needed to hear his Father's voice and how we need to hear the Father's voice. But I was also thinking about just some of the, just Peter's response, just really like, I think because I'm a doer, just like spoke to me. Like, of course, right away, Peter's like, what do I do, Lord? You know, what's the next thing? Okay, we've seen your face shining. What do we do? And can we set up tents? And I was just thinking like, that's so our humanity. Like Jesus is sort of like, just chill out, (laughs) you know, just receive and experience. So it's just really, I think it blessed me because God saw fit to mention it and that he's so patient and, and loving and kind towards us in our humanity and in our weaknesses. You know, it's just like so beautiful. But the other thing I just, maybe I'll close with this because we're kind of coming to the end of our podcast is in one of the commentaries I read about this scripture, there was a quote from Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger that said, Jesus, unlike Moses in Exodus 34, shines from within. He does not simply receive light, but he himself is light from light. And it just struck me that like Jesus isn't just reflecting God's glory and his light. It's coming from within him. I had never had that thought before. I thought that, you know, like in the transfiguration, I pictured it as God descending upon Jesus, but it was almost more like God brought it out of his son. So I just was really, I don't know, taken back by that that quote. And of course, I, I, we've mentioned before, and I know we'll have a podcast coming up about this, but Matt has written a book. It's called Free to Be Holy. And in it, he talks, of, one of the chapters is titled, You Are Holy. And I was just struck like, Jesus is in us. And just that idea that that we have the potential to shine like the sun. Because the sun is in us, in our baptism, Jesus does that so and gives that to us. That's a wonderful last thought to, uh, <laughs> to take away and to you know spend some time with the Lord meditating on it. Yeah. Well, 
Thanks for joining me on this journey, Mom. This was really good. And every all you listeners as well, hopefully you received as much as Janet and I did, just reflecting on the glory of the Lord. How about I close this in prayer? Oh, Lord, your glory and your face are so beautiful. You're so beautiful, Lord. And Father, I thank you that as you speak those words over your son, that you speak them over each one of us. And I ask that every listener would receive that blessing today and come under the glory of your presence. And we thank you that you invite us up to the mountain to be with you. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. As always, I'm sure we'll have the scripture and some other things mentioned in our show notes. And if you were blessed by today's podcast, would you consider making a donation to Heart of the Father Ministry and help us continue to keep creating more podcasts and meeting together? Have a great day. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about taking hold of the freedom you have been given in Christ, check out our website, heartofthefather.com, and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is Matt, Jen, Rachel, and Jacqueline saying goodbye until next time. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. And he with me. Revelation 3.20